thank you for this um, privilege to share the word this morning. I've been asking the Lord to uh, give me language to articulate something that's been on my heart for a while, and um, it's been on our hearts for a long time, and um, and this thing of a, a new wineskin. How many of you heard many wine, um, <laughs> many messages on the wineskin? Yes, over the years, and whatever a wineskin means to you this morning, I want you to just... Lay it down. Some of you may see a wineskin as being the structure in a church. The government, the order, what's going to carry the river of God. I just want to ask you to lay those things down and ask Holy Spirit to come in a, a beautiful, fresh way like only he can, just to wash away old thoughts Okay, I'm going to leave it there. So, I've been asking the Lord to give me a language to articulate what a new wineskin looks like in modern today and in the church. And about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, I was doing ironing like we do. One of the most grottiest chores in the house that I personally <laughs> hate with a passion. And I'm in the kitchen and I'm ironing. And I'm asking the Lord, you've got to give me words to this, Lord. What, what is this wineskin? What does it look like? And I'm ironing away, and I think it was the best ironing session I've ever had in my entire life. And like that, in an instant, I saw a vision of a heart, a human heart, pumping, beating, and it was so loud in my vision that it just uh, it consumed me. It took, it took over me. It just overwhelmed me by the, the look of this heart, even. Overwhelmed me. And it was a bloody, messy, beating heart. It didn't look all clean. And so often in our minds, we want to patch things up quickly and, and make it look nice. But he said, no, just look into this heart. And it was just that, you know what a heart sounds like. And I said, what is this, Lord? This is a heart. What are you saying? And he said, the new wineskin is a heart, the human heart. So I want to unpack that this morning. You know, when you look at the heart pumping and moving, it's, it's functioning, it's, there's movement, there's life, and it's full of blood, and life is in the blood, so let's go ahead. I'm going to entitle this, uh, guys at the back, um, A Heart of Flesh, A Heart of Flesh. So let's look at a wineskin. A wineskin is a bag that is made from the skin of an animal, such as a goat, and that is used and was used for holding wine. Okay, how many of you know that? Okay. And as the wine fermented inside a wineskin, the wineskin stretched and expanded. And if new wine is put into an old wineskin, it bursts. 
and the wine is spilled, and the wineskin is destroyed. So in Matthew 9, 14 to 17, Jesus talks about this. And then it ends, it says, but new wine is put into new wineskins, and so both are preserved. New wine and a new wineskin will last forever. It's preserved. New wine and a new wineskin. So as Connor mentioned, I made a statement recently um, that the prophetic needs a new wineskin. And I believe that with my whole heart. And that's why we are very excited to start this new breed prophetic school this week. And we're going to unpack what that looks like in the prophetic. And I'm very excited about that. But we really believe that everything the Lord is doing now and moving on and moving through requires a new wineskin. A new vessel, a new carrier to contain the new wine. And what is the new wine we talk about? It's the Spirit of God. It's the very essence of who He is. It's His presence. It's His glory. And in this modern day, we're looking at what does that look like to carry this beautiful new wine that He's pouring out on us. In my life personally, to take a look at what I do, uh, what happens in my life personally, because if, I'm, if we're saying we're giving everything to him, then we're giving everything to him. We're not just giving the way we do meetings on a, on a Sunday to him. Everything means everything. So I've looked at my life personally, my relationships, my marriage, my parenting, how we lead the church, our relationships and partnerships, etc., etc. And I want you this morning to when I mention the word heart, because this is what the Lord said to me one day reading the, over these scriptures. He says, Jane, replace the word heart with wineskin. So the scriptures that we go into, replace the word heart with wineskin in the context of this morning. And... Um, I think we, uh, Grant preached quite recently, and he mentioned Philippians 1, where Paul is talking about the family of God, and he's thanking them for their partnership in the gospel. And that word partnership actually means brothers and sisters in Christ, in the family of God. And so what God is doing and what we've been unpacking is this word family. And you can't have family functioning from a set of rules. We need family functioning from a heart that beats, okay? So let us turn to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's go there together. I'm going to read from verse 1. Uh, he says, uh, this is Paul saying to the Corinthians, and he's explaining the heart of the new covenant and life in the Spirit and what that looks like. So he says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation. Written on our hearts to be known and read by all. Say to your person next to you, you're a letter. And you're going to be read by all. 
verse 3 says, And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So when you read tablets of stone, where does your mind go? The law. Exodus. We go back to Exodus 20, I think, around about there, where the tablets of stone were created for the people to see the law written on tablets of stone and obey them and live according to the tablets, the, the law on the tablets of stone, okay? So now he says, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Verse 4, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. If you go down to verse 11, I may mention it later, but it says, For if what was being brought to an end which was all on the tablets of stone. If that which was being brought to an end contained glory, and what is glory? It's the manifestation of who God is. If that contained glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Okay. Let's stop there. No. Let me, and if you jump to the next page, over the page, flip to chapter 4, verse 7. And he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We have this treasure. What is a treasure? The treasure is the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So we have the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ in this jar of clay. A jar of clay, a common metaphor used for human weakness. So we have the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ in our human weakness. This thing is not about us, people. It is about Him. God triumphs in human weakness. How many of you have come to the end? Come to the end of the end of the end of yourself. My hand's going up. Come to the end, and he's going, yay, I can triumph. I can triumph. And, and, and because of Jesus' humanity and what he did divinely on the cross for our humanity, we are set free from all of that. Okay. So, what has your wineskin looked like? What has your wineskin looked like? Is it old and destroyed? So remember wineskin and heart, heart and wineskin, the very thing that carries who you are. Is it old and destroyed? Is it incapable of holding anything new that God is doing is it incapable of holding anything new that the Spirit of God is doing? Ask yourself that question. Is it a tablet of stone? 
Remember, your wineskin, who you are, affects your thinking and what you believe, okay? So has it become a tablet of stone over time? An easy way to tell if you are lagging a heavy old wineskin around, I saw a little picture, because um, I, I had a picture in my mind what a wineskin would look like, so I, I googled it. And there was this little sketch of a man holding this big, like, sack of a wineskin, lagging it behind. It looked very heavy. If it's full of wine, it's very heavy. Okay, so an easy way to tell if you're lagging a heavy old wineskin around is to determine if you are sin conscious in your living or Christ conscious in your living. Let me unpack that because a sin conscious wineskin is harsh. Are you harsh on yourself? Are you harsh on others? Are you harsh on sin? It's judgmental. Are you judgmental of others? Are you judgmental of yourself? A sin-conscious wineskin is always striving to do better and to not do the things you always do. How many of us slip into that often? And uh, what are we doing when we're sin conscious? We're always concentrating on the wineskin. We're always concentrating on sin. So when you're Christ conscious, you understand that the wine, which is the Spirit of God, is more important and more valuable than the wineskin. You see, what God is taking us into, we have to be fully convinced that the Spirit of God is more important and more valuable than the carrier. Yes, we know He loves us, but we cannot concentrate on this and navel gaze while He's trying to do this new thing through us, okay? So the wine of God, the Spirit of God, the glory of God is our focus so in 2 Corinthians, I mentioned 3 verse 11, it says, For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Isn't that beautiful? He's telling us here that what he's doing inside here, what he's, how he's preparing this wineskin of the heart is a permanent state. It's permanent but we have to believe it. We have to receive it. And I'm getting to that. I mustn't jump there too fast. So what Christ has done in our hearts is permanent. So we believe this for our eternal salvation, our ticket to heaven, don't we? We all believe as, as believers, we're, we're going to get to heaven and we're going to be there forever. Praise God. Amen. But what is he saying? I believe he's wanting us to realize this is how it is for my whole life every day. Transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another forever and always. Not just there, but always in my life, in everything that I do. It's permanent, guys. It's permanent what we have. And what he's doing here in the heart is a permanent work of love. <laughs> okay, I told you it's very difficult to articulate this. 
and give words to it. And I'm believing this morning that impartation from heaven is going to come in and just melt hearts and turn them around, okay? Are you ready for that? Because we cannot continue the way we've gone before. We have to let him change and transform our hearts. Uh, yeah, let's go to Ezekiel. Wow. Who loves Ezekiel? Who understands Ezekiel? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> Not many people, but it's a beautiful book. And we're getting revelation upon revelation the more we delve into it. Ezekiel has vanished. Oh, there he is. Ezekiel 36. Now, if you've been a believer as long as I have, man, we have, we have said this and preached this and prophesied this, but I don't know if we really know what we're talking about. But there's some understanding and revelation that he's bringing. So Ezekiel 36, we're looking at verse 26 and onwards. You must understand, this is uh, Ezekiel the prophet talking to the nation of Israel. So he's talking to a nation. And in those days when they were speaking the words of the Lord, they were speaking to the heart of a nation. But the word, we can take that, yes, the heart of a nation, and we can prophesy it, but we can prophesy it over our own hearts. Okay, there's no difference here. We are Israel. Okay. I don't know if that went right over your heads, but anyway. So from verse 26, it says, And I will give you a new heart, a new wineskin, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. How many of you, like myself, when we've looked at the scripture and said, you've removed the heart of stone. Yes, I'm no longer a hard heart. I'm now soft and I'm sensitive. And you can do anything you want with me, Lord, because now I'm sensitive to you. I'm, I'm soft. Okay. I'll tell you what that means now. Verse 27 says, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and be careful to obey my rules. Then, it's, then it goes on, you will dwell in my land, and, and he'll do so much and so much. And, and what I love is when you read it in context, who knows, Ezekiel chapter 37 is about the valley of the dry bones and prophesying to that, prophesying to your dry bones, to the church's dry bones, and how flesh and sinews came and the life and the breath of God came. But what happened before that? He was talking about that. The heart, the wineskin, for that to happen. Okay? So God is moving from external to internal here by the gift of a new heart and a new spirit. So, what does this heart of flesh that he talks about look like today? So in the natural, our hearts form the center of the distribution of blood to every part and function of our bodies. We know that. And as I said before, the life is in the blood. So the heart is this organ in the very core of who we are, and it's an organ of conscious. It's our conscious, 
conscience, sorry, morality, thoughts, and in the heart, the soul is at home with itself. How many of you know our thought life and what we're thinking is linked to what is in our hearts? And what is in our hearts is linked to what we're thinking and believing. So this is the beautiful heart of flesh. But he's saying now a heart of flesh is no longer hard and it's no longer impenetrable to heaven's touch. All right? It responds now. Just see that heart, that picture that I saw. The beating, the beating, the swelling, the shrinking, the swelling. There's life in there. And it responds and receives and it melts under heavenly fire. This is the heart he's talking about. It bends beneath the hammer of the word. It receives from heaven, and it retains his presence. See the heart, a wineskin. It receives the new wine, and it retains it. It carries it. But do not mistake natural tenderness for a heart of flesh. We can be the softest, kindest heart and a little sweetheart to everybody, but not have a heart of flesh before God. Bible talks about a heart of wax. So a heart of wax is soft, but it is not a heart of flesh. Okay. So a new heart of flesh can only come as a gift from God. So remember the tablets of stone. He's removing that from our hearts. A tablet of stone is worked for. It's obeyed. It's religiously, and there was a sacrifice that was made if you ever disobeyed one of those laws. It was, there was a lot of sweat with that. And God says here, he, he gives us a new heart of flesh. He removes it, a heart of stone, and he gives us a heart of flesh. You cannot get a heart of flesh on your own. You cannot do it. We're going to keep trying and knocking your head. You're going to keep going on and knocking your head, and you're going to get tired and you're going to wane from, from the Lord, and you're going to get dissatisfied and disappointed, and you're going to walk away. But this is so permanent, what he's talking about, okay? He gives us. He says, I will give it to you, this heart of flesh. I will give you this new wineskin. Transformation is a word we talk about a lot, and I want to just re-emphasize it today, that transformation is God's doing in our lives. It's nothing you and I can do. We can't work harder to transform and be transformed. We cannot work harder to be better and be, and be changed from glory to glory. There's nothing you and I can do. It is a gift. <laughs> it's a gift from Him. Amen? Who enjoys getting gifts? I do. And if when you look at a person, if I look at Courtney, I know her heart. It's who she is. It represents her. It beats. It's, she's got a, a really humorous heart, too. She's got a, her sense of humor is not just up here. It comes out of her heart. It's who she is. And a lot more that goes on with Courtney. But everybody else, there's, the heart is a representation of who you are. And he's saying, I'm giving you a new heart. 
am transforming your heart. I am changing the way your wineskin looks for such a time as this to carry the spirit, the new wine of what he's doing now in this day. So it affects every area of our life, everything, okay? There's scriptures um, that we can quote. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? How many of you, you read that scripture, don't you know that you're the temple? Sunday school, there was a little song. How does it go? Don't you know, don't you know you are the temple? Come on, you do know it. I know you do. But when you're growing up and the temple, you are the temple of, the, of God's spirit, what do you associate with? Sin. <gasps> I'm the temple, I'm the temple, I'm the temple. And when there's sin, you don't know what to do with that because... Don't you know you're the temple? So what he's saying here is you can't look at that, that through the lens of sin consciousness. You've got to look at that and say, oh, my gosh, everything I read in Revelations, all the things I don't really quite get, oh, my gosh, the dimensions, the measurements of the, of the temple, the new Jerusalem, the new temple, what does that all mean? Yes, we're going to see this amazing place one day, but what's permanent is already there. That, all that, the measurements that are taking place in heaven are happening in your heart. It's happening in your heart. Revelations 21 says God's home, his temple, his dwelling place is now with man. And I am just blown away by this. It's, it's very simple language when you talk about the heart. But the heart is not a cute thing. The heart is a very powerful thing. It's a very powerful thing. And it's going to carry us through forever. It's permanent. So I, I'm trusting the Lord this morning, as I said, for this impartation from heaven To just come in, in fullness and revelation and understanding, but in your hearts, not in your minds. If you've got it in your heart, your mind will begin to understand what's going on. So I don't know about you, but I, I want this more than anything else. Because if God is saying, all of heaven, all of me, is at home in your heart, Jane. Then I want to carry it well always, not just when I see him face to face. And that's not cute. That is powerful. He's not talking about a cute heart of Christianity and being a sweetheart and being a soft heart. He's talking about being a heart of flesh that is messy, that is bloody, that is hurt at times, that is wounded. But when we receive 
the life of Jesus, the life in the blood of Jesus. He comes and he turns that heart into the beating heart of the Father. We have the same heart beating in heaven. I want that more than anything, people. And I know for what God has promised us as a church, that in order to walk in the fullness and the joy of that, we need to surrender this heart. And if it's a heart of stone today, he is so ready to exchange it and give you a gift this morning, give you a heart of flesh. And I know this is not something that you can grasp in one meeting. It's something that is lived, something that is breathed. And I believe Holy Spirit said this morning that he is going to be just, you're going to feel him coming on you like the prophets of old did felt the presence of the Lord come, and there's a, like a weight on the shoulder. You're going to know him so much, so deeply, better than your own voice, better than your own thoughts. You're going to know when he's speaking to you. This is having a heart of flesh, knowing and understanding what he's doing, what he's saying, and what he, where he's going. And as leaders in this church, we are totally submitted to that. I'm going to ask if you can stand with me because I know Holy Spirit wants to do something. Remember, you can't think in your minds about a heart of flesh because our minds want to work it out. Our minds are telling us we've got to do this, 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 and then we will have a heart of flesh for him to work in and mold and dwell in. But he wants to give us a gift this morning as a church. I want you to open your minds and to see that beating heart that looks messy. It's pumping loudly. And I want you to open your hearts to receive it because he wants to give it to us as a gift this morning. I said to Grant, I feel like this kind of thing that we're carrying is, is best caught and not taught. We run out of words. We say the same thing over and over again with our words, but it's something that is caught. And so I am going to ask if whoever wants this gift from the Lord, because I do, that you would just come and step out of the comfort zone of the, of the chair, the lines, the aisles. Thank you. If you're feeling that, if, you, if you're not, that's fine. But the word says he's removed the stone of, of the stony heart, the heart of stone. There's no longer a tablet of stone. It is now a heart of flesh. So go ahead and come out. Is Sal here to play the piano? Thank you. Shaba. Holy Spirit. I did feel this morning just to, to just lay my hands on you. So if you're feeling that this morning, just come. If you want hands laid on you.
It is a gift, but sometimes you just need a little help because we're a bit stuck in the familiar. And what God is doing is not trying to...